everyone, and welcome back to Storytime with me, Sammy. Now, today's story is going to be a long one. Why? Because it's the weekend, and that means we've got a little bit more time than usual to have a listen to it. Today's story is going to be my favourite story from when I was a little girl. It's about a princess who goes on a long journey to marry a prince. However, her maid who accompanies her on this trip is evil. Why is she evil? She steals all of the princess's things and takes the place of the princess, making her become the Goose Girl. Shall we begin? The Goose Girl, written by the Brothers Grimm, but edited by me, Sammy. The king of the great land passed away and left its queen to take care of their only child. This child was a daughter who was born with very beautiful, shining silver hair. Her mother loved her dearly and was very kind to her. The queen was friends with a good fairy who was very fond of the princess and helped her mother to watch over her. When she grew up, she was engaged to a prince who lived a great way off and as the time grew nearer for her to marry her beloved, she got ready to set off on her journey to his country. The queen helped the princess pack up many costly things, jewels, gold, silver, trinkets, and fine dresses. In short, she gave her everything a royal bride should need, and she gave her a waiting maid to ride with her. Each had their own horse for the journey. Now, the princess's horse was a gift from the fairy. His name was Falada, and he could speak. When the time came for them to set out, the fairy went into the princess's bedchamber, took some scissors, and cut off a piece of her hair. She gave it to the princess and said, Take care of it, dear child, for it is a charm that may be of use to you on the road. Then they all said a tearful goodbye to the princess, she put the lock of hair into her riding jacket's pocket, got up onto her horse, and set off on her journey to the prince's kingdom. As they were riding along by a stream, the princess began to feel thirsty, and she said to her maid, Please get down and fetch me some water from the stream in my golden cup, for I want to drink. Nay, said the maid. If you are thirsty, get off yourself and kneel down by the water and drink. I shall not be your lady-in-waiting any longer. The princess was so thirsty that she got down and knelt over the little stream and drank. She was frightened and dared not bring out her golden cup. She cried and said, Alas, what will become of me? And the lock of hair answered her in a sing-songy voice that only she could hear. It sang, Alas, alas, if my mother knew it, sadly, sadly, she would ruin it. But the princess was very gentle and meek, so she said nothing to her maid's mean behaviour, but instead got upon her horse again. They rode further on their journey, till the day grew so warm and the sun so scorching that the bride began to feel thirsty again. And at last, when they came to a river, she forgot her maid's earlier rude speech and said, Please get down and fetch me some water to drink in my golden cup. 
But the maid answered her, and spoke even more angrily than before. Drink if you will, but I shall not be your waiting maid. The princess was so thirsty that she got off her horse, bent down, and held her head over the running stream. She said, What will become of me? And the lock of hair answered her again. Alas, alas, if thy mother knew it, sadly, sadly, she would quit. As she leaned down to drink, the lock of hair gifted by the fairy fell from her pocket and floated away with the water. The princess was so frightened that she did not notice it, but the maid saw it, and she was very glad, for she knew of the fairy's charms and knew that the poor bride would be helpless now that she had lost the hair. So, when the bride had finished drinking, she was about to get back upon the ladder again, until the maid said, I shall ride upon the ladder now, you may have my horse instead. So, she was made to give up her beloved horse, and soon afterwards, she was told to switch clothes with the maid. So now, she was wearing the maid's shabby clothes, while the maid wore all her finery. By this time, they were nearing the end of their journey, and the maid had scared the princess so much that she promised never to tell anyone what had happened. But Falada saw it all, and marked it well. The waiting maid got upon Falada, while the real bride rode upon the other horse. They went this way and that, till at last they came to the royal court. There was a great joy on their arrival. The prince ran out to meet them and lifted the maid from her horse, thinking she was the one who was to be his wife, and she was led upstairs to the royal chambers to find her room and settle in. All the while, the true princess, still dressed as a maid, was forced to stay in the court below. Now, the old king just then had nothing else to do, so he amused himself by sitting at his kitchen window, looking at what was going on, and he saw her in the courtyard. As she looked very pretty and too delicate for a waiting maid, he went up to the royal chamber to ask the bride who it was she brought with her, and left standing in the court below. I brought her with me for the sake of her company on the road, said she. Please give the girl some work to do so that she may not be idle. The old king could not for some time think of any work for her to do, but at last he said, I have a lad that helps take care of my geese. She may go and help him. Now, the name of this lad, who the real bride was to help in watching the king's geese, was Curdkin. But just then, the false bride said to the prince, Dear husband, pray, do me one piece of kindness. That I will, said the prince. Then tell one of your mages to turn the horse I rode upon to stone, for he was very unruly and plagued me sadly on the road. But the truth was, she was very much afraid that Falada would some day or another speak, and tell all that she had done to the real princess. The prince did as he was asked, and had his mage turn the horse to stone. But when the true princess heard of it, she wept and begged the man to put Falada's statue near a dark gate at the edge of the city, through which she had to pass every morning and evening. That way, she might still see him sometimes. The mage said he would do as she wished, and displayed the grand statue beside the dark gate. Early the next morning, as she and Curdkin went out through the gate, she said sorrowfully, Falada, Falada, there thou stand! And the statue answered, 
bright, bright along the ground. Alas, alas, if thy mother knew it, sadly, sadly, she would rue it. Then they went out of the city and drove the geese on. And when she came to the meadow, she sat down upon a bank there and let down her waving locks of hair, which were all of pure silver. When Curdkin saw it glitter in the sun, he ran up and would have pulled some of the locks out, but she started to sing. Blow, breezes blow, let Curdkin's hat go. Blow, breezes blow, let him after it go. Over hills, dales, and rocks away it be whirled, till my silvery locks are all combed and curled. Then there came a wind, so strong that it blew off Curdkin's hat, and away it flew over the hills, and he was forced to turn and run after it. By the time he came back, she had finished combing and curling her hair, and had put it up safe in a bun. This made him very angry and sulky, and he would not speak to her at all. But they watched the geese until it grew dark in the evening, then drove them homeward. The next morning, as they were going through the dark gate, poor girl looked up at Falada's statue and cried, Falada, Falada, there thou stand! And the statue answered, Bride, bride, along the ground. Alas, alas, if thy mother knew it, sadly, sadly, she would rue it. And they drove the geese on and sat down again in the meadow. She began to comb out her hair as before, and Curdkin ran up to her and wanted a lot from it, but she sang quickly. Blow, breezes, blow, let Curdkin's hat go. Blow, breezes, blow. Let him after it go, over hills, dales, and rocks away it be whirled, till my silvery locks are all combed and curled. Then the wind came and blew away his hat, and off it flew a great way over the hills and far away, so that he had to run after it. And when he came back, she had bound up her hair again, and it was all safe. So they watched the geese until it grew dark. In the evening after they came home, Curdkin went straight to the old king, and he said, I cannot have that strange girl help me with the geese any longer. Why? asked the king. Because, instead of doing any good, she does nothing but confuse me all day long. The king made Curdkin tell him what had happened. To this, Curdkin said, when we go in the morning through the dark gate with our flock of geese, she cries and talks with the statue of a horse that stands near the wall, and always says, Falada, Falada, there thou stand. And the statue always answers, Bride, bride, no longer grand. Alas, alas, if thy mother knew it, sadly, sadly, she would rue it. And Curdkin went on telling the king what had happened upon the meadow where the geese fed, how his hat was always blown away when she sang, and how he was forced to run after it and leave his flock of geese to themselves. The old king told the boy to go out again the next day, and when the morning came, the king hid himself behind a dark gate 
and heard how she spoke to Falada, and how Falada answered. Then he followed them to the field and hid himself in a bush by the meadowside. And soon he saw with his own eyes how they drove the flock of geese, and how, after a little time, she let down her hair, and it glittered like silver in the sun. Then he heard her sing. Blow, breezes blow, let Curdkin's head go. Blow, breezes blow, let him after it go. Over hills, dales, and rocks away it be whirled, till my silvery locks are all combed and curled. And soon enough came a gust of wind and carried away Curdkin's hat, and away went Curdkin after it, while the girl went on combing and curling her hair. All of this the old king saw, and went home without being seen. When the little goose girl came back in the evening, he called her into his chamber, and asked her why did she do so many strange things. This caused her to burst into tears, and reply, I cannot tell any man or woman, for I have been sworn to secrecy. The king had an idea, and told the goose girl to go into the room next door. You may be unable to tell any man or woman, but instead, Go and tell your woes to the iron stove in the next room. Unbeknownst to the goose girl, the iron stove echoed into the king's chamber. She did as she was told and went to the iron stove. She poured her heart out telling all of the things that the maid had done to her since the day they had left home, stealing her clothes and horse, taking her position as bride, having her beloved horse Falada turned into a statue, and finally turning her into a goose girl, which led to Curdkin trying to steal her silver hair. The king, after hearing her tearful confession through the stove, believed her story completely. He ran in and hugged his son's true bride, and reassured her he would set things right. The goose girl feared what would happen to her now that someone had heard her confession, but she was assured that she would be kept safe. The king ordered royal clothes to be put upon her and gazed at her in wonder. She was so beautiful. Then he called in his son and told him that he had a false bride, for truly she was a waiting maid and his real bride stood by. The young prince rejoiced when he saw her beauty and heard how meek and patient she had been, and without saying anything to the false bride, the king ordered a great feast to be gotten ready for all in his court. The prince sat at the top, with the false princess on one side and the true princess on the other. But nobody knew her again, not even the false bride, for her beauty was so dazzling to their eyes. She did not seem like the little goose girl at all now that she had her brilliant dress on. When they had eaten and drank and were very merry, the old king said he would tell them a tale. So he began and told them all the story of the princess, as if it was one that he once heard. He asked the true waiting maid what she thought should be done to someone who behaved like this. Nothing better, said the false bride. She should be imprisoned in the dungeons indefinitely for her crimes. Then you shall be punished, 
said the old king, and as you have judged yourself, it shall be done to you. And thus, the young prince was then married to his true wife, and on their wedding day, the good fairy came again to see them, and restored Falada to life again. After they were married, they helped reign over the kingdom, in peace and happiness for all of their lives. The end. Wasn't that story brilliant? Can you understand why it's my favourite story? Why don't you comment below and tell me what your favourite story is? And please remember to like, share and subscribe for more story times with Sammy! Bye guys! <laughs>